Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, September 11th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from the very dark Finnish countryside, I am Patrick Beja. And uh, I am in the very brightly sunny area of the L.A. County, greater metropolitan. Sunny like your so. disposition, Roger. It is. This is actually <laughs> one of the, my sunnier dispositions, believe it, it or not. I mean, folks, I'm not going to lie. He's right. It's, it's true. You can hear the smile in his voice. Uh, we, I like to... I'm trying to make sure there hasn't been a tsunami recently uh, because I, I, I tend to like to compare the day before an Apple announcement to the water leaving a bay when a when a tsunami is on its way. I don't want that. Are, are you alluding to today's lineup, Tom? Yeah. Well, I mean, there just isn't a lot of news the day before Apple makes news because nobody wants to be seen as competing with it or not be seen because everybody won't be paying attention to it. We do have some really interesting stuff to talk about today. And let's start with a few tech things you should know. Well, Wednesday's iPhone event, that's tomorrow, will be live streamed on Twitter for the first time. Previously, iPhone events were only available to stream through Safari, that's obviously Apple's web browser, or the Apple TV, or Microsoft Edge on Windows 10. The event starts at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time tomorrow and can also be streamed still via the Apple TV and Apple's event site. Alibaba launched a joint venture with Russia's Mail.ru. Alibaba launched its AliExpress service in Russia several years ago and under the new deal will hold 48% of the business. Mm-hmm. A little more China, China and Russia partnering up in all kinds of ways these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Impossible Aerospace unveiled a new battery-powered quadcopter in Las Vegas called the US-1 that has a battery-first approach. Makes batteries great. It can fly up to two hours, and aerospace has already started selling them equipped with optical and thermal sensors to firefighters, police departments, and search and rescue teams in the United States. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Facebook and its AI. 
Right, because uh, Facebook announced an AI system called Rosetta that helps teams at Facebook and Instagram identify text images, uh, text in images, sorry, and videos to understand the subject and classify them for search or flag as abusive. So, yes, memes, of course, but that's not all. Uh, app, uh, optical character recognition detects the text and then convolu uh, convolutional neural nets determine whether what the text says. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are like, so you just OCR the image. What's so hard about that? But uh, that is easier said than done on an image. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit tricky. But the big trick is then taking that text that you hopefully accurately recognized and putting it through that neural net so that it can understand the context of it and know what it's saying. And then, like you said, you sure, decide if that meme is too dank to be on Facebook, but also uh, to say, oh, well, let's, let's tag it, let's classify it, let's, let's you know, put it in the right library, whatever. You can do all I mean, kinds this, of this is an internal company, right, that they decided to name Rosetta. That seems like unless Internal system, not a company, I don't think. Well, internal system, sure, but but you know, Rosetta Stone is the first thing that comes to mind. It's <laughs> right. Interesting that they chose that if they don't actually have any stake in that other company. Well, and Rosetta Rosetta Stone is well, named after the actual Rosetta Stone. Sure, yeah. sure. So, it, so yeah, it's not it's not <laughs> as if they're not well within their rights to call it Rosetta if they yeah, want and, to. And again, it's not a brand name; it's just a code name in, inside of Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so I think. The the first of all for the difficulty of it, yes, it's not just OCR because memes have gotten quite convoluted, <laughs> and so the hence the need for a convolutional neural net. Uh, but yeah, the, some are are kind of surreal, so I don't know if they managed to understand all of those. But it's not as easy as it might sound. Uh, some. You know, older people might not even understand, and I include myself in those. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're pointing the finger at us right now. Yes. yes. Uh, but also, I think there's another challenge in this, which uh, some people might not think of, is there are a lot of images uploaded to Facebook and videos all the time. And I think the challenge of implementing this in real time or almost real time across the entire uh, site and network and service is an impressive achievement by itself. Um, so I think that's also a big part of it. Uh, and, and the way the fact that it can work like that is, is impressive. eBay has released HeadGaze on GitHub, an open source computer vision system that uses Apple's AR kit to let you control an app by lifting your head or tilting it. HeadGaze was developed by eBay's computer vision team and guided by Muratan I'm going to say C-check. I couldn't find an actual <laughs> pronunciation of it. Yeah, me either. Okay, we'll go with C-check. An eBay intern and PhD candidate who describes himself as having an extensive motor impairment. Head motion and position provide moves a cursor, and then it stays in one place for a few seconds, and then it activates a click. In addition to accessibility, Seesock says that it could be used for hands-free scrolling, such as when you have a recipe. That would be helpful. The company is also investigating adding eye tracking as well. Uh, and, and actually, you know, this is an intern project over the summer. It's certainly Pretty not cool. the first system to ever do this, but it's an intern project over the summer. C-Check uh, said, you know, I have a hard time using these apps. ARKit has a depth sensing camera. Maybe I should put those two together and whip up something. And it's really impressive how smooth it works. And if you didn't quite get it, 
you you tilt your head to move the cursor around and and you've probably run into systems like this before if you hover over something long enough it automatically clicks uh i was thinking of the dropbox scanning uh if you scan a document using the dropbox app if you just hold it over the document in in place for a while it automatically hits the scan button for you so it kind of works like that if you don't want it to be clicked you have to kind of move away to an empty area but you don't have to do anything to make a click happen it's it's if you watch the video it's super elegant and i love that c-check who needs this for accessibility and is pushing this forward for accessibility and its majority use is going to be accessibility is saying but hey y'all that need to you know cook and look at a recipe could use it for scrolling or if you're working on your car and your hand you know and you want to watch the how-to uh you could do it you could use it that way there, there's no barrier to anybody using it for something cool no, I mean, I, I don't have um, any obvious accessibility, you know, issues or, or, or hinders. But, you know, if I'm walking my dog, I got a coffee in my hand type yeah, thing. Right. It's like I can think of all sorts of situations where it's like really convenient once we get used to it. And just to be clear, they implemented this in the eBay app itself. And now they're uh, making the source code available for everyone to also, if they want to, uh, implement or improve or whatever uh, for their own apps. But it obviously on iOS, it's not going to be something that can be uh, used in other apps. It, it's not system wide. I it's don't not even something know that they've launched it in the official eBay app. I think they just put the code up on GitHub. And yeah, it was right, it was the, written the, in the Swift. Video they're testing. The video they're testing is is showing it in the eBay app. Yeah, yeah, I they they, so they wrote it in to. Swift for the iOS eBay app. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, if you have the eBay app, this I don't think this is in there yet. They're, they're no, you're right, you're using right. it internally. Um, mm. But I love I love that eBay. You know, I don't think we think of them often as one of the forefront I- innovators out there. Has an intern who did this. They're letting him, uh, you know, at least not get in the way of him putting it up as an open source project on GitHub for other people to use. It could be adapted to Android. Uh, it, there's nothing stopping people from doing that and available for the world. Good job, eBay. Yay, eBay. Uh, back in 2010, India wanted to speed up enrollment in its Adhar ID system. We've talked about that before. It's a way to make an electronic ID across one of the, the largest democracy on the planet, India. Uh, a lot of people there. So they contracted a company called MindTree to develop enrollment software called ECMP that would let private agencies sign people up. Now, they did a lot of vetting of the private agencies. Uh, they did a lot of making sure that the software was only given to the private agencies and only uh, only proper authenticated people could log into the software. However, they chose locally installed software instead of the web because there's poor connectivity in large regions of India. Operators were required to provide a fingerprint or an iris scan as well as checking GPS. So they were trying to make sure like it's really you and you're really where you say you are. But HuffPost India reported that a software patch had been widely circulated that bypassed those security checks. It bypassed GPS and fingerprint entirely and it actually weakened iris scanning so that just a photo of a person would work. And then they started selling that patch on WhatsApp for around 2,500 rupees or 35 bucks US. Operators began using the patch to charge more than they're supposed to to sign up users because if they were authenticated themselves, 
they were limited in what they could charge. But if they could just kind of sneak around and not be known it was them with this patch, they could charge people 100 bucks to sign up. Aadhaar has stopped the third-party enrollments now, only allows banks and government institutions like the Postal Service to enroll new users. And the patch that HuffPo found was examined by several security experts, including Dan Wallach, who is a professor of computer science and electrical and computer engineering at Rice University in Houston. Uh, so it is... A, a real patch. It's been validated by several experts. It was really out there. I think there's some misinterpretation that this is accessing people's information. It wasn't. The danger here is that you could sign up people for the system without the proper checks and balances in place. So you could sign up fake people or you could sign up someone who shouldn't have qualified uh, from anywhere in the world because you bypassed the GPS. Yeah, and, you know, anytime you get into something like democratic elections, that's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or yeah. rationing. There's rationing in some places. And somebody could start mm-hmm. hoarding things and then sell them on the black market. You know, um, it's, it, it's, it's not a good thing. And there's a lot of controversy over Aadhaar about whether it's actually secure. This doesn't mean that Aadhaar's database of your information is insecure if you're an Indian citizen. Uh, it's the other way around. It means that not all information in Aadhaar might be legitimate, uh, which weakens it in a different way, I think. Do we know where the the patch comes from? Who developed it and started selling it? No, I, I didn't see anything in the HuffPo article that, that was able to identify who did it, but it looked like it was a pretty easy... Uh, cut and replace. They, they took some code from older versions of the client and were able to just paste it over a Java library uh, and boom, it worked. So it didn't seem right. like it was terribly sophisticated. It wouldn't have to be like an advanced persistent threat or a state actor or anybody like that. So it was probably, I mean, now we're speculating, but it seems like it could have been someone who was trying to make a, a quick buck yeah. and selling this patch and yeah. That's kind of the general sense that everybody has is somebody wanted to charge more than the maximum to sign people up and so figured out this patch to work around the system. Clever. Maybe <laughs> hire that person. I yes, from jail. <laughs> After they have paid for their... I'm not, saying they, I'm not saying I would throw them in jail, but if they find them, India is going to put them in jail first. I'm guessing yeah. so, yes. Yeah. Uh, Lighter news. Tinder has made its top picks available worldwide. The feature began testing earlier this summer. It is a a curated list of your best potential matches available to paying subscribers on Tinder Gold. Coffee Meets Bagel already has a similar system. The curated list is used to reduce the number of options and reduce choice anxiety. Information in user profiles is combined with swipe behavior to determine the list. Top Picks refreshes daily, though users can buy more um, more Top Picks in amounts of 10, 20, or 30. How many Top Picks do you need, people? I love the fact that Tinder is like, listen, you're crippled by choice. We get it. We'll give you something that's going to cost you money in order to better curate and then give you all these options that are sort of hard to follow and, you know, best of luck. Well, and I love that they call them packs. So, like, they give you 10 top picks. You're already paying for gold. They give you 10 top picks, and they're like, don't like any of those? Give us a couple more money, and we'll give you a new pack. It's like collecting baseball cards. Right, I see my right. new Tinder pack. Who's and in I mean, there? Any all-stars? I I, I know I always kind of like to talk about dating app news on the show, you know, if and when it, it's warranted. But, I mean, I mean, if this is 
if this is not the way that people are forgetting that other people are people and taking the humanity out of it, I don't know what is. People should not be sort of like baseball cards or given a monetary value in a gold package. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I mean, <laughs> this to me, uh, uh, I'm not going to say begs another question because people get angry at me when I say something begs the question. Um, but this creates... A, a, a wonderment on my part. Uh, do they? So these topics are people who are more suited to your or correspond more to your needs, wants, whatever. They fit your criteria more. Um, does that mean that they could be selecting those for everyone, but they don't, and they keep the topics? For the paying subscribers, so what are you getting right, when you're exactly. getting matched like, with the other data people? That is already there, or else they yeah. wouldn't offer it as a package. I think so, if I if I can make an attempt, and I don't work at Tinder, so I don't know. But the the way it reads is there's the algorithm that goes through and says these are your matches, and everybody gets that for free, right? But if you pay for Tinder Gold, then someone will look at your interests and go, actually, what out of what the algorithm selected for you, these seem like the best bets. So we'll mm -hmm. narrow it down for you. It's a, it's like a friend going through, and in this case, they're not your friend, but they're looking at your profile and saying, oh, you like sports. This one's kind of sporty, you know. And and, it, and so it's I mean, it's there, it's basically another level of. The algorithm is like of the universe of Tinder. Here's everybody that matches you within a certain percentile. And this is somebody picking some interesting stuff out of there more subjectively, I guess. Well, okay. If I, if I compare it to people you might know that Facebook tries to offer up to me, most of the time it's because I have a lot of friends in common with this other person. And sometimes that's actually very valuable. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I might know you or I want to know you or, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is good that, you know, we would become friends. I'm comfortable with this. So, and it's particularly because Tinder, Tinder um, takes so much um, data from Facebook and a lot of the apps do. That would also make sense. And I think it, there probably is some fatigue that uh, uh, dating apps realize that people are like, there's just too many <laughs> folks out here. I, I only want to do this for five minutes. You know, I'd rather have a more curated list. Like that, that is advantageous. I, I can see why that would, that would be uh, attractive to somebody who's a little bit overwhelmed or busy or it's all like the giving of your stack of matches apps. to a trusted friend, say Heather from have such a good day and going, just pick 10 for me out of here and that you think I might be interested in. Cause I don't want yeah, to. Right. Right. I, I, I probably want to know a little bit more about all the things that Tinder is putting together to decide who these people are. But, exactly. but, but I get, I get the idea. That's the question. I mean, either it is a, a deeper algorithm. Even on a budget quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market. 
perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Or like go one level deeper in the Tinder algorithm. And like if it's an algorithm, then it's a refined version of the algorithm that not everyone gets. If it's a person, I understand the intent of like, yeah, someone will handpick those. I would be very surprised if the people doing this wouldn't be like, randomly selecting people after a <laughs> well, couple of days right of doing yeah because like, that's first, how we get like, yeah yeah at first you're, I know exactly you're what you're carefully saying. Like, looking at the thing and then right. you're like all right the it, first you know, this one 10 or so you're real careful and after a while you get bored and like eh, it's fine he has a soccer ball yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes he was with a lion yeah. <laughs> right and and you know again i i i don't want to seem like i i don't believe in the power of dating apps it's not too dissimilar from going to a bar where you think, oh, a lot of the yeah, people of here might be my kind of people. Mm-hmm. So, so, and and I've I've done my fair sh- share. No, dating. no, I like, do don't... feel like it's it's it starts to kind of tear away the fun of it a little bit. But again, that's that's our. It model. would be like going into the bar and asking the bouncer, like, <laughs> pick five of these folks for me and uh, send them over there. I'm gonna talk and to do them. it quickly. I paid a premium. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm a gold member. All right, moving on. This one's actually, this is very exciting, um, but the potential of it is very exciting anyway. A project designed to clean up 88,000 tons of plastic floating in what's being called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It's not good. It's a very, very bad, big garbage patch in the Pacific began on Sunday. The Ocean Cleanup Project started following its Ocean Cleanup System 001 from San Francisco to a trial site about 240 nautical miles offshore. That's about 260 miles. The hope is that a combination of wind and waves will push System 001 into a U-shape of sorts and kind of start collecting the plastic as if it was picking it up. Then it's got a 10-foot long skirt hanging below that will collect pieces of plastic as small as a millimeter in size. So it's designed to clean up a lot of stuff. Smaller boats will later scoop them up and take them to shore for recycling. Now, after this initial trial, the boom will be lowered another 900 nautical miles to begin that much larger cleanup of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. In its entirety, if that's even possible, but why not give it a go? Wind and waves the system only. And then the idea is that autonomous vehicles will do the work once the humans come back to shore later on. So it's it's a big broom, basically. It's a big net, more than a broom. Well, I'm thinking it's a big... 
it's, it's a big a, broom that's collecting it, all it the is plastic. A broom, it's, it's a broom dustpan. And the smaller boats are the dustpan, right? <laughs> right. Yes, and the smaller exactly. boats come in because it's not picking it up itself. It's just trying to gather it all together so it's easier to cart away. Exactly. Yeah. With a variety of large boats. And and yeah, I mean, autonomous water vehicles sort of going back and forth. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if this is something that is successful on any level, it's a great idea. And, you know, humans probably don't want to live out on the garbage patch for very long. Uh, I applaud all the people who are involved in the project in its early stages. But it's a huge problem. Uh, you know, I've only seen photos, but uh, it's pretty disheartening to know that there's so much garbage out there. And I, I'm into it. Also, the fish can swim under it. So, well, that's that's the hope, right? And that's why the initial net in the trial is so shallow. Mm -hmm. Because ten feet, you're like, yeah, you know, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. But the idea is to not disrupt plankton and all sorts of like the ecosystem that's going on not that far under the surface, way, way, way far offshore. um, That's really important. And I I understand that eight tons is not a small amount, but 260 miles. Offshore, I mean, is it how how much it's 80, of it? It's eighty thousand tons. Eighty-eight, yes. Yeah, so what did I say? Eighty-eight thousand tons. Sorry, but I yeah. mean, it it seems like I don't want to, you know, diminish the merits of sending a, a giant broom in the ocean, but it seems to me like this is only going to be a tiny part of what needs to be picked up and. Well, it's right. it's going to need to be sure. I guess it's a proof of concept that says, like, look, right. if we can make this trial run work at all, then we can start scaling it up, doing more, uh, and load and, more than sixteen tons. And that's right. the idea: is that they're going to initially use this, work out if there are any kinks that they need to put into any subsequent models, and then they'll have essentially a fleet of these. So it won't be just one gigantic you know, you net or boom that goes to the water. It'll be, you know, half a dozen or more trawling the seas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that you'll get most of the the large plastic. Now, 8% of that plastic is already broken down into microscopic parts, and this, this boom won't uh, fix that. But it can grab the other 90% of it, which is, you know, the idea is to get it before it breaks before down it breaks or loses itself in a sea turtle or something. It's a sea Roomba. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal is that it will be a a sort of a sea Roomba. These are the stories I get excited about the way the rest of you get excited about space. (laughs) Ah, Because you're a Sequest girl. Yeah. Let's clear the ocean. It's great. I like like the sea. I like water. (laughs) One can like space and the sea at the same time. I bridge the gap. It's true. true. My life, my love, and my lady is the sea. Well, I wouldn't go that far. As they sang in Brandy. Just like uh, a good sea broom. Mm, well, <laughs> I hope that they will sing shanties of the success of the Ocean Cleanup System 001 and 002 and 003, or unless they go binary, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this is, I agree, Sarah. <laughs> this is fascinating. All right. Uh, finish up with Japan's Renesis Electronics agreeing to buy California's integrated device technology. That's a Silicon Valley company. 
and this will help Renesis push farther into semiconductors for autonomous cars. We've been kind of watching this, if you're following DTNS regularly, all of the different companies trying to get into autonomous cars. In fact, remember uh, Broadcom, NXP, and Qualcomm were sort of in a love triangle of acquisition that fell apart for various reasons. But the reason NXP was a prize in that was because of their work with autonomous cars. Renesis has about 30% of the global market for microcontrollers in cars. In fact, they're second to NXP. IDT will then add to them the ability to manufacture analog semiconductors for wireless networks and sensors. That's something Renesis was not as proficient at. And that will let Renesis compete more in the Internet of Things car space. IDT also makes chips for data centers. So you've got a big, nice current revenue stream coming in there to fund yourself as you move into that growing autonomous car market, which right now is is nothing, right? But everybody expects it to boom. Uh, Renesis expects to close the deal to acquire IDT sometime in the first half of 2019. Excellent I get excited news. about autonomous cars. <laughs> Listen, Tom, <laughs> I get excited about the the sea as you get excited about autonomous car. You know what I love it, space. No, you know what? I, <laughs> the, the reason I like stories like this is they pr- they may sound boring to you now, like eh, Japanese company buying a company. Huh? I don't, why do I care, Tom? Uh, you are going to sound way smarter about this in a year. When you're like, oh, you mean like when Renaissance bought IDT? Because this is the story that pays off later. This is the thing where you understand why a company is doing something later or why somebody, it comes out of nowhere, it seems like. Like, where did they come from? Why are they so successful? Because you know about these little acquisitions like this. Because if autonomous cars take off as everyone expects them to, then these companies are going to be rising on that tide. Whether it's Renaissance that leads the way or whether they get bought by somebody else, you know, is, is hard to tell. But but it's something to keep an eye on. It's like, okay, they're starting to consolidate because everybody wants a little bit of that autonomous car money and, that's being developed. And it does kind of underscore the importance of what autonomous cars bring in terms of market market opportunity. Like Renaissance is uh, typically known for doing embedded microcontrollers as well as like USB 3 or 2.0 uh, controllers for add-on cards or PCs that, you know, you use all the PCIe lanes for whatever and you want to add stuff. Um, that's what they've been doing. And this is clearly a growth market that they that they see as ripe for investing in and, you know, definitely look down the road because it won't just be this one company that that will be investing in this technology because it's huge. Uh, market for them. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You help us make the news every day, and we thank you for it. You can submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Want to hang out on Facebook? Well, I've got good news. Facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow is where to go. So that uh, ocean story came off the subreddit, didn't it? Sure did. Look at that. See? It happens, folks. It really does. You know, and I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Let's see what's in the mailbag. Let's do it. A grateful patron, Andrew, um, that's uh, self-proclaimed. Thank you, Andrew, says, Tom, since you mentioned the USPS mail scanning service on Good Day Internet, I thought I'd email in to mention how much I love it. We recently moved. I checked the box for informed delivery, as they call the service on a whim. It's amazing to see the front of letters that are coming 
meaning the, 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 the group of letters that, that will be delivered to Andrew, as well as getting notified the packages are coming. Anyone in the U.S., as far as I can tell, can sign up without having to move. And that's informeddelivery.usps.com. Yeah, so Good Day Internet is the full pre- and post-show plus DTNS all in one, uh, available to patrons at patreon.com slash DTNS. And I was talking about setting up my change of address because I'm moving and running across this informed delivery. And just like Andrew, uh, I discovered that you know, I was like, oh, I guess I'll try it. Uh, somebody else emailed us, and I'll see if I can quickly find out uh, who it was, and said that the reason they're able to do this is they already scan and image every one of the uh, pieces of mail that comes through. I think this was Gardner who said this. So he said the uh, mail sorting hardware already makes an image of each mail piece to sort and track it. It's just uh, a matter of storing that so that you can access it. They don't open the mail. That's pretty, it's pretty cool that you're able to do that, even, even just to see what's coming, so you know whether that check is, in fact, in the mail. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, well, thanks, Andrew, for emailing. And, of course, thanks to Patrick Beja, especially because it's very late where you are for being up with us. Uh, Patrick, what's been going on since we spoke with you last? Uh, well, you know what? There is another show you could be getting if you are a patron of DTNS. Say what? It's called called MVGB. See, DTNS, MVGB. It stands for Monthly Video Game Briefing. And you know what? You can get it even if you're not a patron on its own feed called MVGB. Uh, It's a show that we uh, did with Scott under the banner of the Scott Johnson, of course, uh, under the banner of Daily Tech News Show Labs, DTNS Labs, and it was the gaming show. It's graduated from there. And the angle we take on that show is that every month we bring you uh, two or three news stories that are uh, the important ones you want to know about if you're kind of an occasional gamer. If you're interested in games, but not necessarily want to get all of the news that the core gamers uh, get every day. So if you want a quick roundup briefing, monthly briefing about video games, then go subscribe to MVGB. Yeah, it's uh, easy to find. Go to dailytechnewsshow.com slash MVGB feed. We'll have that link. I'm putting in the show notes right now. And and subscribe. Uh, You don't have to be a patron to get it at all. Uh, If you're a patron already, You've got it already. It's just going to show up in either the Good Day Internet feed or the commercial-free DTNS feed. It'll show up in both of them. You'll get it. Uh, but if you're just a subscriber to the public feed of Daily Tech News Show, uh, then you should go add this and and get that that insight once a month from from Patrick and Scott. Uh, avail- it should be showing up in the iTunes store as well, but you can find it directly at dailytechnewsshow.com slash feed. Thanks to everybody who makes it possible for us to do this by supporting us directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you have feedback, I've got the email address for you. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Send us questions and comments, ideas. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with the aforementioned Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation 
or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 